You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. Some are saying that Black History Month isn't Black History Monthing like it used to. There has been a few creators that said brands haven't been reaching out to them for partnerships like they've done the past few years. So, you know, after reading this article in Ad Age that came out with creators talking about that and hearing a lot of conversations of creators asking like on Twitter, hey, has anyone been hit up for campaigns this year? I think that it's not lost on us. There was such a rush to work with Black brands and talent after the murder of George Floyd, but it feels like some of that might be letting up. Personally, my inbox has been quieter compared to years past. And on one hand, we ask these corporations like not to be performative, to be authentic, that we don't want, you know, type handout type of partnerships. But at the same time, some brands are still running their Black History Month initiatives, but they're not tapping into Black voices. So it really just makes you go, hmm. Regardless, I'm enjoying my Black History Month. We watched Viola Davis go EGOT. We watched Rihanna pull up to the Super Bowl halftime show, pregnant, rich, glowing, um, in a game that was starring two Black quarterbacks. Some were saying that that was the Blackest Super Bowl we've ever had. Also, we saw Beyonce become the most decorated Grammy winner of all time. We won't talk about the album of the year snub because I'm not trying to go there. I'm trying to enjoy my February in these 28 days that we have. But nonetheless, it's inspiring to see so many wins in our community and above all, representation matters. So I think it's phenomenal to even see, um, you know, artists and creatives and just really talented people kind of, you know, make new records during Black History Month. And I think that that's something that I definitely aspire to do. So before we get into today's interview, I wanted to share my list of ins and outs. I saw a few people doing this at the top of the year. And I figured it's not too late. So first up, here's what I think is in this year. Number one on the list is digital detoxing. We love a digital detox, especially because these days it just feels so overstimulating. I have like every Apple device going off at the same time all around me and people pinging me and emails and all of this. And so I'm a huge fan of like, a digital detox day. I'm I'm trying to get used to it and not feel as guilty if I like need to tuck my phone away. But one feature that I can't get enough of is DND. Do not disturb has literally been my favorite Apple feature. I have it like set up so that every night it goes on at a certain point so I can really try not to be like distracted by notifications and get some sleep. I even have it go off on Sundays. Um, Because Sunday mornings are just like sacred to me and all I want to do is sleep and or whatever I want to do that day. So I love a DND. I think it's so useful. I put it on when I work a lot too. So a digital detox is necessary a lot of the times. Number two, full creative control. Literally nothing makes me happier than somebody who can trust your creative vision. So especially if you're being tasked on, you know, with a project or someone's bringing you on for your expertise, 
really having the freedom and the range and people who trust in you enough to let you execute that vision, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It does not always happen. And if you are somebody who does creative services or in the in the creative industry, you might understand that struggle when people don't fully let you have that. And so I just hope that, you know, for all of us, this year could bring more opportunities to just really be able to let your creative side out. So next up, embracing cringe. This one is good <laughs> because... It's just, you know, whether you're getting yourself out there through more public speaking, starting a podcast, you know, doing more video content, you just need to embrace cringe. It feels so weird to, you know, listen to yourself or watch yourself. And that's when you really have to channel some main character energy because, you know, if you look confident, sound confident, or, you know, you're just going for it, it's going to be great. And we don't have to, you know, be cringing at ourselves, but it might be cringy at first, but you have to kind of embrace that to really get started and really start to feel yourself and let it feel more normal to put yourself out there. So we're embracing that. And then lastly, I have vulnerability. I just think that at this day and age, people are really picking up on the fact that social media is just like not a perfect world. You know, everybody tries to look like they're doing things and things are great, but obviously no one's posting the real struggles or talking about the real struggles. So I think vulnerability is something that's so in right now, just because, you know, if you want to be a great storyteller, you're going to have to share some things that people can actually relate to. And being able to share your story or your struggles or your experiences is a big step to that. And that's why even through this podcast, I really am going to try my best to share some of the real things that aren't as cute and glamorous about <laughs> life or entrepreneurship or you know friendships or whatever it is. So let's move on to the outs. This one might be a little controversial. And I know you girls like to tussle, but hiding likes is number one. Now, I think that it's a great feature. I'm not even against necessarily hiding likes, but in the spirit of embracing cringe, in the spirit of showing up your full self and really focusing on just putting yourself out there and putting your message out there, I'm not concerned with the engagement. I think we all know that these apps have like terrible algorithms. Instagram's been seeing the lowest engagement, even if you're like a major creator. And it's just inevitable. Like we're we're all flopping (laughs) in a sense. And so just embrace that too. I'm not hiding likes anymore. Like I'm proud of the content that we put out. I'm proud of the content I put on my personal page. It's not how it used to be, but I'm just putting it all on the table and I don't care to hide my likes. Next up is chasing algorithms. This is definitely going hand in hand with the likes. I'm not chasing growth hacks. Our agency is very specifically like anti-growth hacks, especially just as storytellers. We really rely on, you know, building a following, building a community based on messaging, based on authenticity, based on like really just putting the work in to nurture something that is meaningful rather than, you know, chasing algorithms, posting like seven times a week. I mean, that's just a road to burnout. And 
this is an honorable mention that I just thought of, but paying for followers, that's just, that's been out in my opinion. I know that people did that early on, not trying to shade anybody. It's nothing personal. I just think that, you know, in the spirit of building like a real authentic community, no. So next up, this is so specific, I think, to my fellow millennials, overthinking your grid. It's out. It's in the spirit of being off the cuff, in the spirit of being, I mean, strategically, <laughs> but more laxed in, you know, how we show up on Instagram, for example. We used to be like just so polished and thinking that it had to be like extremely aesthetic. And, you know, I think there's still some beauty in making sure that it looks good and making sure that there's consistency. But, you know, that's what your branding's for. It's going to look consistent if you have your branding together. So we're not overthinking the grid anymore. We just need to get this content out. That's going hand in hand with the next one, which is overly curated feeds. Just the over curation and the over aesthetic of it all is going to create blockage. We just need to get the stuff out. And if it's real and authentic and rooted in something you believe in, it's going to land no matter what. So then last but not least, I have forced TikTok presences. We all know that TikTok is like an amazing tool and I can absolutely make arguments for people using it and I think a lot of brands should be on it. You know, of course, anybody who is like has a business, I, you know, we love TikTok and we understand the power of it. But I think it's something that you really have to show up on intentionally. There are so many brands and maybe in another episode I'll talk about brands that I think are doing TikTok well. But if you're going to show up half-ass and like barely post and like just be there to be there, it's not helping anybody. So those are my ins and outs for 2023. I'd love to hear if you guys can relate to any of those and maybe what some of your ins and outs are. But coming up next, we're about to have a conversation with the fabulous Bianca Velez. And I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Okay, welcome back to Main Character Energy. I have the pleasure of sitting down with Bianca Velez, who is a born storyteller and has so much passion for culture and arts. So I think I'll start with the fact that we both are Seton Hall University Pirates. <laughs> Shout out to Seton Hall. Ooh. And I had the pleasure of meeting Bianca as I joined the university's alumni podcast, which she is the host of. It's called Pirate's Eye. Her background is in journalism, broadcast journalism, and digital marketing. She's worked with everyone from Fios One News to other media agencies. And currently, she's the director of comms for the Caribbean Cultural Center, African Diaspora Institute. Bianca's for the culture and all about making impact. And so much so that she even launched a podcast and platform called Cultura Lovers as a way to share her changing, life-changing cultural experiences as a world traveler and artist within the Afro-Puerto Rican folkloric traditions of Bamba and Plena. And there's just so many more things I can say, but I had to give everyone just like a little taste and we'll dive right in. But how are you feeling, Bianca? I'm feeling great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm liking being on the other side here. So this is this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Tiff. Of course, I figured you would. I'm like, she's always, you know, she's a host extraordinaire, always pulling together different like cultural experiences and panels and multiple podcasts, which 
just amazes me. But <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to put you in the interviewee chair. Um, but before we dive into your latest and greatest and talk about all the great things that you're getting into this year, how is 2022 for you? Like, let's just start with, you know, how last year went and how you felt about it. Well, this is a great question because I actually reflected so much on 2022 in December and I I wasn't really feeling 2022 and mm. I didn't I don't even think I was noticing that I wasn't feeling it like everything was just going the days were just going months were just going and every month I was like wow I'm not even used to this year yet and we're already seven eight nine months that's in. crazy how that happens yeah it was like the year was just happening and I wasn't it was as if it was happening to me and I wasn't actually living the year, right? And I say that, but on the outside, and I've had conversations with my family and people that are close to me and my partner, and people are like, what's the problem? Like, I don't see any problem with, you know, your year. You're doing your thing. You've got your job. You've got your house. Like, you're traveling. My mom lives in Puerto Rico, so I go to Puerto Rico a lot. And I went for other cultural experiences as well. But it wasn't it for me, right? And so when I was analyzing that, I was like, 2022 was one of these years in which kind of nothing really happened in terms of like something new, something big, crossing a, a new threshold. I think that's what it is for me. I need to cross into a new threshold. I need to get to another level. I need to experience something different, something new. So I did experience cultural, um, I had various cultural experiences, but they weren't necessarily new or they didn't necessarily push me very, very far past my comfort zone. And so 2022 was one of those years where I kind of just stood in my comfort zone, in my bubble, and I just kind of floated. Like I, I see myself as having, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I just kind of floated in like this small little pool, which is comfortable. But yeah. also you kind of get tired of it. Oh, yeah. And that's, you're that's like, normal right, I think us. I need to get out of the pool. You know, like, I, it's cool. I'm relaxing. I'm here. I'm in the pool. It's a little floaty. But at some point, the floaty feels like it's deflating. The temperature is not right. Like, real quick. I'm done. So um, reflecting on it has made me realize that I need one of those years every now and then. Right. right. And it is like the the spark to the fire. Ooh. I don't love that because that means it's a whole freaking year of me not really feeling all that like inspired, but right. it's what I need. I need a, a 2022 of floating in a pool in order to say like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. We don't really know how much we need that sometimes, but I appreciate your like candidness with it because although it sounds, you know, like great, you had some time to rest and things were maybe kind of it, maybe it's the prelude to the next great thing. But at the same time, we, you know, we should be able to kind of have a little bit of both ways where we appreciate the rest. And like, we're glad that we have a chance to kind of like catch our bearings, maybe even from the year before. But then sometimes we feel a little like guilty for a not doing much or in our heads, not doing much. We're just very ambitious women. So I know you were still doing things, but <laughs> but but not getting to like another level, as you put it. Um, and then at the same time, there's like this other guilt um, where people are like, you're doing, you know, you're doing the things and right. you're out here and you're doing a lot more than some other people in a lot of ways. And so what are you complaining about? Right. So I, I know how you feel. 
and it's just kind of a weird feeling when you have a lot of goals and ambitions, right? Yeah. And you hit it on the head because I did do a lot and I really poured myself into my job. I will say that. But the lens that I'm looking at it from is not as professional. It's not as an employee. The lens that I'm looking at it from is as a person, as a whole, the fullness of my life, right? If I just look at it from the work lens, I did a lot. I did a lot. I, I put in a lot for work, but, and which is great because I work in a cultural space, but that's not the lens I'm looking at it from. And I don't want to look at it from that lens. I want to look at it from a, a 360, more holistic lens. I love that. And so it was the other pieces that, that I felt, okay, I'm for myself, I'm under delivering. And then I'm challenging that too. Cause I'm like, what, what, what is this? Like, are you trying to fulfill a production quota? Like, what are you, what, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. So. It's an important evaluation because you're like, am I feeding into like a capitalistic exactly. mindset or am I kind of being a busybody? But I really love how you kind of brought it back to the wholeness of yourself and self-fulfillment. What are some other things or how do you kind of measure your self-fulfillment? You know, it's a feeling. It really is. And I've felt it before, which is why then I get undersatisfied with the 2022, right? There's moments and there's a year that even though there's going to be a lot of stress, I feel full. I feel full. I feel like that feeling after you have what you think is one of the best meals in your life or that feeling after you just have like a really good session with someone that either blew your mind or filled your heart or, you know, like one of those things that you carry with you for a really long time. That's, that's what I'm looking for. That's the feeling. And I think a lot of us are looking for that, right? Like all, all the, the time. time. And it comes with passion and it comes with purpose. And then it comes with action, right? So it's like, I have the passion and sometimes I'm clear on purpose, but then mm -hmm. sometimes I'm a little unclear on which actions I need to take in order to get it right, right. so I'm kind of like oh searching gosh. and I'll do a hobby and I'll do this and I'll try this and and I'm like where is it and then you find it but then that is not a static thing because you get comfortable with that and so it then it starts to feel like a meal that needs a little different seasoning a kick Right. Mm -hmm. I need a little. Kick. Oh, yeah. You need an extra anything to take it exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> and now you're searching like you're even hungrier. And it's like you you I can tell because you're so intentional about where where you spend your time and who you spend your time with. I can tell like community inspires you and keeps you going. And I even feel it when we have conversations about things that we want to do and like things that we have done that filled us up. Like I can see that spark. Is there anything or anyone who particularly inspires you? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Now, at the point that I'm in in my life, I'm really big at seeing the ways that just about anyone can teach me or inspire me. And so as of late, what I've been trying to do and be better at, and I've been doing, is recognizing the way like there's folks in my circles in my family in particular, that I have looked at. And I'm like, if you look at their careers or their work, it's, you know, not anything that makes the magazines or the list or any type of 
high level recognition. And I'm like, if I look at it from that lens, there's nothing to draw from that. However, if I look at it again, I guess this is the theme. If I look at it from a broader perspective, what this person has accomplished is amazing, right? It's not in, it doesn't need yeah. to be in a, a, a top 40 list. It doesn't need to be in your algorithm, right? It, they don't need to be invited to, you know, be on main character energy podcast. I, you know, it's, I am, but <laughs> that, that, yes, that, that's my <laughs> thing. But the point that I'm saying is like, there's some, there's some folks where you see them, right? And so you're like, yes, I, this, I want this, right? I see them on the podcast. Right. I see them here. I see them on the list. And I want that. At least that's my experience. There's people that I see that are moving and I see them moving. And so I'm like, I want to draw inspiration from that. However, I've now been looking at folks like my parents, my partner, my surroundings, my elders, right? The youth in my family, the youth in my community. And I'm like, what can I learn and what can I draw from these people? And so lately I've been looking at, you know, my parents are folks that worked. You, you're kind of, my dad is blue collar, right? And so he doesn't have a formal education. And yet I think he's been very successful in his life in terms of he's managed to own property, right? And that's that's a goal. Like that's big, that's high level. And mm -hmm. he's managed to to work, to, to do these, these kind of, um, to hit these benchmarks that if you look at it like that, it's pretty amazing when you look at his entire background. And then the same goes for my mom, you know, also not college educated, right? No formal education in that sense. But I'm looking at my mom right now who worked really, really hard. She worked for a bank for very many years. And then she worked as a manager in retail. And then she retired early. And she got up on her own and she picked up and she was like, I'm retiring to Puerto Rico. She, okay, she went mom. out there on her own, found a place to rent, found a place to buy, bought a house, got her car out there doing this whole thing by herself. Wow. And I'm like, she's not on some list of how she killed her career, but this woman is doing it. This woman is doing her thing on her own. Sometimes there's things that I'm like, I'm supposed to go to that by myself. Right. <laughs> and here she is starting a whole other life and doing what she truly wants to do. And I don't even, you know, I, I'm, I'm really actually going to not use the word earned because, she, you know, she deserves it. And the way that she did it, though, it's like she really set herself up in a way and, and your father included it sounds like they set themselves up in a way where there's a lot of determination, a lot of drive, like a lot of discipline that goes into it to not only do this for themselves, but like know that they're doing it for the next generation. And it just says a lot because they didn't have the things that we have now. So just like you said, like, I'm supposed to go here alone. Like, what if I don't have Wi-Fi? I Google everything. <laughs> I Google everything. How to do this, how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. And I look at these people and it's just those, I'm naming those two because I, 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 at the point that I'm at, I need, I need for myself to be more intentional, intentional about looking at 
the good of my parents and recognizing how much they've accomplished, right? Because I was brought up to see accomplishment very different and from them too, to see accomplishment high level, right? Really different. Yeah. And so it's part of why I'm like, let's go. What's next? What's next? What's next? I need to accomplish so much, but I'm switching that to recognize how much they've accomplished and how far they've come. You know, my mom, when she came from Puerto Rico, grew up in the projects over here and she was one of six or seven siblings. And it's like not a beat the odds because I don't think of it like that, but there were some deliberate choices. And the point that I want to make here too, in why I'm looking at them and I'm also looking at everybody in my in my community, even young people, is because the theme that I'm noticing, the reoccurring theme is that besides determination or discipline, because it's I think of discipline and I think of like, I should be journaling every day, writing my to-do list and making sure I'm checking things off and doing things like this, that, right? And some of the folks, all the things people yeah, say. Right, right. Right. The things I Googled, right? How to be successful. This is how, right? The books <laughs> that I'm listening to. Okay. Well, these folks ain't listening to those books. They're not doing all of that, right? Yet, they they persist. And I think that it's a mixture of things. It's a cocktail of things. I think some of it is, you know, natural inside of them. But the other part is they are pushing past fear. I seen it. Wow. In, in in my parents in particular, because those are the two I'm mentioning, right? But I've seen it in the young people that are inspiring me. They are scared and they push right past it, right? So my parents were probably, and I'm sure still experience, and I see it, fear in like, can I do this? Should I do this? Am I capable of doing this? What if this goes wrong? And they do it anyway. My mom, right? I know she had to be afraid. At some level. I don't know. I don't know. I have to have this conversation with her. Oh, yeah. I don't know if she's going to tell me that she was a. You should yeah. ask her. You should ask her <laughs> straight up. Because but the... I think. Yeah. I were think you scared? So. I think she might have been. I only imagine that it must have been scary. And she did it anyway. Right. So drawing from all of that. And just to add the last piece is when I talk about youth, I'm thinking about there's some folks in my bomba space. The music that you mentioned. And they are so young, right? So they don't have all of this reference and context that we have in which we understand things. And so we understand the benefits of pushing past the fear. You know, they're at a different level and they're still putting themselves up on stage and doing things that they've never done before, right? And and taking the center spotlight without having ever really, really done it or now are starting to do it. And so... I'm like impressed because I I oh, yeah. have to think 14 times about, you know, putting myself out there and they're like, okay, I'm super nervous. You know, they tell you they're nervous. They're scared. They're vocal. Yeah, and then they get they're out so vocal it. about it. And I'm like, this is so inspiring. So long winded answer, but I'm really no. drawing inspiration and I'm I'm really stepping into this idea that you can learn and be inspired from anybody that's within your circle, right? Anybody, any age, any level of experience, any any walk of life. And so I'm, I'm being a little I bit more intentional, that. but I'm, I'm really drawing in from my elders. And so my parents are taking it for me right now. See, the thing is, it, I feel like also at this, I don't know about for you, it sounds like it, but at this age or at this point in time in our lives, 
we just see what they've done so differently. So differently. Oh, like I did not, you know, there's the cultural, I mean, um, there's the generational differences between us that have always caused friction or like I didn't understand, you know, my um, parents are boomer and um, well, my mom, I think she's Gen X and just the differences in how like we approach things. And, you know, of course, the communication thing you just brought up is huge, right? Like our parents, my parents don't admit things like that, (laughs) like a scare. They had to have been to do all the things that they've done. Of course, there had to be fear involved. But then the younger generation, they're inspiring too, because they're out here like, so vocal about it to the point that it shocks us as a generation because we're like oh my god like we're it, we were kind of taught by the older generation like don't say much just you know just do yeah. what you got to do so on both sides it's it's definitely inspiring to just look around and see how people yeah. handle it I'm, I'm telling you that I'm learning so much I'm learning so much I feel so inspired that like sometimes I'm brought to tears and I'm like wow in terms of the parents I'm like I come from that you know there's yeah. there was a long long period of time in which I'm like building my own self or my own self-identity as in like the characteristics that are mine right and yeah. now I'm like yeah. honing in on the characteristics that I've I've inherited Ooh, I love that that's important what do you think you've inherited from your parents oh okay let me go to the positive <laughs> I um <laughs> you can do either because I'm sure nah, I'm in the good, you, know, I'm in the, you get I'm a little bit of everything no I um I've inherited that sense of being able to persist despite okay. circumstances or despite difficulties and despite challenges they they persisted I think that I didn't realize how much they had accomplished like I was saying right I didn't realize how much they had accomplished in their circumstances and not that they had any terrible circumstances just knowing my upbringing versus their upbringing how many resources I had and how many resources they didn't have right like they didn't grow up with means they grow they grew up very differently than I did you know I grew up even just the simple fact of growing up in a home that your parents own gives you a level of stability that you don't really recognize unless you really put some thought into understanding what it might look like if you didn't grow up in a home um, that your parents owned, right? And the potential in, in instability for, for housing. So not that there's not instability in home ownership, there is, but, you know, mm-hmm. I use that as a, a reference point. And so I think about that background that I have. I went to private school growing up. I went to Catholic school in Jersey City. And knowing that they really didn't get solid educations and still leveled up. That's, I think the core of why and how they did it is what I've inherited, right? So I have this like, this learned understanding that we can level up no matter what. And I think that's important for women and for women of color to have, because there's there are things that are stacked against us, right? And I've gone into spaces in the professional setting where I feel like people, they don't put the respect on the name. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, do. I am like, okay, you know what? No, that's there, but that's not going to define me. That's not going to stop me. Like I'm going to persist. And that's what I've inherited um, mostly in terms of characteristics. On the other side, I've inherited a lot of other things, you know, like this 
thing that I'm doing here with my hands while I'm talking and um, the sass. My mom, she'll say no, but I got the sass <laughs> from my mom. And um, and I got a lot of, and I haven't mentioned, you know, and not that this is a whole like podcast about like, tell me about your family, but this is where I'm at right now. No, please. I'm I love hearing right about now. your family. Um, and yeah. I've been reflecting on a lot lately and having more intentional conversations and letting people know because I don't really think that we let them know how much we we see and how much we've learned. And I'm trying to do better. at that. It's beautiful to see your, you know, where you come from and then people can see how you interact and understand you. And I'm, so I'm learning that speak now on it. because I'm really, I've always understood you have to know where you come from to know where you're going. And right now I'm at a place where I'm diving deep into that. You know what I mean? And okay. I mean that on yeah. like, know your culture, know your cultural history, know your people's history, right? And also your lineage, your family, right? Know those stories. Okay. And so I'm trying to get those stories and, and understand better. And so that's why I'm in this place where I'm at, where I'm thinking about, you know, how I've become who I've become and um, all that has contributed to that and which is my family. And so on the flip side, which I was getting at was that I inherited a, a sense of confidence from my brother as well. My brother is like, not like me. We're in so many okay. ways. Older, he's younger. Older. He's five years older than me. And we're in so many ways, like opposites. Um, but we're also very alike in other ways. And recently I had a conversation with him and, you know, the point of it was like, I walk around this world especially when it comes to dealing with um, social circles and with men. And I feel like I got my feet grounded. And when it comes to, to being in a space that's male dominated, which I, in the professional world and in the social world, I've been in a lot of spaces that are male dominated. And I felt grounded in, in mm -hmm. my identity. And I felt confident mm -hmm. in that space. And I was sharing with him and I was like, and that's, a lot has of that has to do with you. You know, you telling me as I was growing up that I should and that none okay. of these none of these men around here don't be yeah, phased. Yeah, none of these right. men around here <laughs> got anything or can, you know, can affect me in any way. Um so I was sharing with him like, you know, part of my confidence and is from you is from seeing a, a male figure telling me from a male perspective, you know, that the confidence is important and yeah. that you have to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of thinking that you're beneath men, which is layered. And shout out to shout out to your brother because it's like you we can't get that enough. And to have like a, a second male figure in your family, uh, you know, in addition to your father that can like give you these gems and give you that like safety and that comfort and that confidence. And that the fact that you have such a good relationship, you can let him know it's, that's like so powerful. And it, it, just thinking about that and how it goes back to that probably even forms the way you move right now. It does. And that's what I realized. And that's why I'm like vocalizing this here and speaking it because, you know, I'm looking around and I'm contextualizing my life experience and I'm noticing a lot of the places in which I gained or uh, my frame of thinking about myself and about the world. And some of that needs to be adjusted, right? So I'm over here highlighting and uplifting because sure. that's what I need to do right now in my life. But I spent a lot of the time thinking about 
and a lot of, you know, the years of my adulthood leading up to now, I've spent a lot of them thinking about the, the pieces that need to be adjusted, right? Yes, the frame right, of thinking right, that right. I inherited that wasn't serving me, right? The frame of thinking mm -hmm. that was contributing to the limiting beliefs, the frame of thinking that was contributing to the imposter syndrome, right? I've switched that now to recognize that despite that, there's also frame of thinking and there's also inherited behaviors that are contributing to the confidence, that are contributing to the persistence, that are contributing to the aspects of me that allow me to push past those things. So they're all, they're both coming from the same source, right? And I just have to like, yeah, shift the gear a little bit. Just, it's a, just a mindset shift. Like we are like confronting this generational trauma. And I love the way that you explained it because, you know, while we're in the self-discovery period or healing journeys, whatever you want to call it, we can easily kind of take some of the, you know, negative things and be like, this is, you know, you messed me up and this is why you <laughs> messed me up. And I feel like a lot of us in the, you know, if you're at the point in life that I am, you've kind of really examine that, but then it's about taking that next step. Right. So I love that you're mentioning like the reframe of it. Okay. This is, you know, this is something in my upbringing that has forced me to think a certain way, but that's not really the reality of it. And I have to actually make a really intentional shift to then figure out like how I'm going to like, you know, it's like brain chemistry. It's like a it workout. Is. It's like a brain yeah. workout to really have to be like, I'm switching right. this. And one thing that you, you know, mentioned just on the topic of family and the, you know, the confidence that your brother gave you, I kind of had a realization in my adulthood that my father has, you know, I mean, my father really raised me um, as a single dad and the impact that he's had on the way I approach the world, I've kind of just come to terms with. I've just always been really, I've always felt like I belonged where I am. And I and a huge part of that is because my dad and you mentioned the stability of it and the things that they've given us that, you know, we might not have had to worry about, like owning a home. And my dad was in the military. So it's like we had great health care and, mm -hmm. you know, was on a safe military base, mm -hmm. things like that, um, which is a privilege for sure. But it's at the same time, like, you know, you mentioned going into the, I got to say this, you know, going to the workplace where people don't put respect on you or they don't think that you have a certain background. They don't think maybe you went to private school or any of those things, but I never felt like I shouldn't mm. be there mm -hmm. because I know I worked hard. I know I went to college. I know I earned everything I have. And I think a lot of that is like seeing my dad do that and always kind of putting that mm -hmm. in me that you're supposed to be there. Like, it, what are you talking about? You applied, you studied, you like whatever it is, like, no, you put in the work. You're supposed to be there. You practice you know I used to play basketball and did gymnastics like you practice you rehearsed you're you're there of course you're there and so just the little things like that kind of go a long way when you're in your adulthood and saying you know what I'm gonna yes. go for it yes absolutely I love that I love that and it's so interesting because I have had spaces and it's not necessarily work but I have had professional spaces where I'm like struggling and it's it's not that I didn't belong there it's that that the actions of those around you and the kind of, you know, the microaggressions make you doubt that. And so you're in this constant, for a while, I was in this constant space of like, I'm going to be found out. And the thing is that I came from, I come from Jersey City, right? And I'm Puerto Rican. So I grew up surrounded by people that look like me and have similar experiences right. to me, right? 
whether they be Puerto Rican or from another, you know, cultural background. But I grew up largely around people of color. And so I saw myself all the time. And so when I go into my adulthood, even my early stages of work, I was also still in Latino workspaces. And when I start to transition out, things changed. People were Speak different, on it. Speak on you it. You know? And yeah. I then adjusted myself. And I didn't adjust myself in the best way. You know? I adjusted myself to be hypervigilant. And mm-hmm. it served me. I did what I had to do. But it was, it was causing, like, a lot of anxiety. It was causing a lot of stress. And there was... Oh, there's always benefits to kind of every experience in my point of view. But now Mm -hmm. that I can reflect backwards, I see myself and that's the work that I'm doing because I don't want to see myself in that space again. Right. I don't want to see myself like in full doubt or in half doubt. You know, I don't I don't want to feel like I'm constantly being othered you know yeah like it's like survival mode yeah it does a lot and it it actually like puts a lot of stress on the body right like mentally emotionally physically I remember those days where you know I'd go into a job or a workplace feeling really confident like I said being like I went to see yeah. Hall. <laughs> I did the thing right. like da 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 right. da. I was president of this and that, like really feeling myself like in a way that I should in a healthy way. But then being almost like, you know, being othered and being really, you know, people not reacting to, you know, a black woman having like so much audacity. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, corporate bullshit yep. and like red yep. tape. Um, and, and, and politics is the word I'm really looking for. There's a lot of politics involved where it's like, you know, you got to climb a certain ladder and things are set up a certain mm-hmm. way. And it almost feels like really high school in a lot of these settings. And it, like you mentioned, imposter syndrome, it really makes you question yourself. And it's, you know, I had so much resentment to be honest for a long time about you know, different work scenarios that I was in because it made me really lose sight of Mm. myself and made me really lose sight of like my passion and like why I like to do things. And I feel like I'm just now really rediscovering the things I'm good at and the things I like. I know you're nodding your head. I feel, you agree. Yeah, I like, feel you on this. You there? You I with me? I feel you on this so much. <laughs> yes, I feel you. There was certainly moments. And I mean, we're talking about, for me, I've been in the workplace now. I graduated 2010. So I've been in the workplace 13 years. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about 13 years of this, like, yes, I own this. Ooh, maybe I don't. Do I own this? Yes, I own this. And it's, so it's like this this roller coaster. And now I've, I've come to a place. I'm with you completely. I've come to a place where I'm like, it is what it is. You know, I own what I own. Yes, here. I own what mm-hmm. I own. I do what I do. Uh, you can give me feedback. You can do this. You can be who you got to be. I've already understood what I need to do to protect myself in terms of reacting in a way yes. that is self-serving versus detrimental to self, right? Yes. And and taking up the space. Like I see how you, you know, fully put your everything into everything that you do. And I feel like when you get to that point where you're, you know what you love, you have all these passions, interests, like you've started your own projects, you've been in different types of rooms. And at that point, like you really could give a shit what someone has to say. (laughs) 
about you because you're like, anyways, I'm trying to reflect on life. I'm trying to try new things. I hope, you know, I wish you the best. I wish you well. (laughs) Like, I just can't believe, I just wish I had the words, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm healing, but I wish I had the words for some people back then. I'd always be like, oh, I wish I told them about yeah. themselves or I wish I like stood right. up for myself more. And I just decided that I can't live in that. And, you know, there's so many beautiful things we're doing now that just kind of help us shift out of that and decide that like we're kind of taking things back into our own. So that being said, I want to know what's on your vision board for 2023. Oh, 2023 is... I'm claiming it. 2023 is my year. 2023 is it it. for me. It is going to be magical. So I got a few things on the vision board. I have in the abstract sense, I have pushing past fear. Right. Okay. I Mm. have accepting abundance. It's just, believe it or not, it's something that I've struggled with. I think I grew up with this whole stay humble, you know, there's so many negatives to excess and I've learned to make the distinction between abundance and excess. So very important. Yeah. I'm accepting abundance and I'm not living in excess, right? I'm not buying more things than I need to buy and, you know, living in materialism, but I'm accepting abundance in, in all that it, it offers. And in the more tangible sense, I am stepping into my natural abilities. And so 2023 and my vision board is really focusing on myself, the the arts and culture lover, right? The the person who's passionate about traveling, about exchanging culture, exchanging cultural experiences, learning from one another, the person who really understands looking back in order to move forward, right? Understanding the Mm -hmm. past, understanding lineage, understanding your heritage, your culture, your stories, your elders, stepping into that in order to really start to guide what is the roadmap for future years. So that when when 2024 comes around, I'm like, yes, 2024 is it. And if 2024 looks like floating in a pool, then I'm good with it. And that's intentional and it's on purpose. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at stepping into those kind of cultural experiences, those cultural practices, sharing that more intentionally with folks, you know, um, building up what is Cultura Lovers, building up what is Bianca, the strategic communication professional, the storyteller, and, and just stepping into that in, in all that it's going to provide me, right? I think without knowing what the ripple effect is of stepping into it, I still need to step into it. The fear, we're combating the fear and and giving ourselves grace, right? Because let us remember that last year, we've still been in a global pandemic, right? And like, it's so hard for us to remember sometimes because we want to be normal so bad or (laughs) we want to like get back to our things so bad. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that, you know, you had some time to get clarity. You had some time to maybe, you know, spend with more family to be inspired by and to love on and feel good with. And then you can go into this year and absolutely take it on 
and I can't wait to see all the things that you do. But I think one thing that stood out to me is like the abundance mindset, like just be receiving. Mm -hmm. And there's some times where like we get blessings like brought to us literally like, you know, this, this thing is right in front of you and you're like, I'm not, I don't, I can't, I can't right. do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Instead of like being like, why yeah. not? Um, and so I think we'll hold each other accountable when we have those moments and be like, ah, yes, a little scary, but I think I'll yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that accountability is so key, right? Because there's one thing and I, and I, I learned this prior to the pandemic and the pandemic really did shift things for me, but I kind of needed the slowdown. I think I was doing too much and I was, I was, I was, oh, yeah. I was on a high, I was feeling great. And everything that I was doing was, you know, that fulfilling um, feeling, but it was mm -hmm. a lot. And I even before the pandemic hit, before that was a thought, I thought to myself, when do I slow down? When do I, when does this stop? But it wasn't going to, it mm -hmm. was going to snowball. Um, so I, I felt like the universe gave me some divine intervention in that I knew once the lockdown happened that there was a reason personally for all of these things that I was involved in to cease. Right. But I didn't think it was going to last that long. <laughs> right. right, 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 right. We're like, this is a nice little time out for a right. couple years. <laughs> but what it, what it taught me was to be mindful then of, right, all of this that I'm saying of stepping in, I'm doing it mindful of what I was creating in 2019, which I think was snowballing probably more than it needed to. And so I'm thinking mm -hmm. about how I manage it properly and how I, mm -hmm. I do as much as I can without then shooting myself in the foot, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Burnout is real. so real. Super real. And you'll just, we were on go-go before. Like I look back at like how I used to move in 2019. I'm like, yeah, the world needed to slow down. I mean, it need in that aspect of everything yeah. that happened, it needed to slow down in yeah. that way. It was life changing for me. And I can tell it's really shaped your, like you said, you're just more intentional about what you want to do, but we, we really needed that. And I think it come it helps you like kind of step out, look at everything and reevaluate. Exactly. And, and so to the, to the point that you're making that accountability is, is important because if you don't have people around you that are like, yo, you need to do this. Absolutely. Like, why are you doubting yourself? Like you are the gem, right? You're the talent. And then at the same time, like my, my partner Hamlet gives me really good balance where he's like, you need to slow down. Right. Like life is, and for me, it's a lot of work, right? I, right. I love my work and all of the work that I do at the institution that I'm at right now, at my prior institutions, I'm like all in. And, right. and it's the same with other hobbies and other aspects and so Hamlet is very good at um saying to me like when I have a day off where I do absolutely nothing like I don't do anything in the house and I don't do anything for yeah. for for any of the things I'm involved like, in nothing. nothing I hate it <laughs> beautiful no it's hard girl I'm right there with it. it's so hard for me to stop being a busybody but you need to, I'll really tell myself like it's okay. I struggle. I tell There's myself. Tomorrow. I tell myself, and I don't. I don't believe myself. So Hamlet is the one that is like, Ever. it's fine. Like chill, good. You didn't do anything. Beautiful. Good. It's fine. Right. Life is gonna go oh, on. That is so good. <laughs> yeah. It yes. will, and you need that balance. It's a. It's such a healthy balance. It's like. It's like having the accountability because you know that you're capable. 
and knowing that you want to get it done, but then just having someone pump the brakes for you if you can't do it yourself, like needed. Sometimes you got to chill out because as a creative, you will burn out. Like it's like, we need to keep having Mm -hmm. ideas. We need to keep having motivation because if you start making the creative things that you love a chore, you're going to stop. Like you need that longevity because, you know, and I was doing that with a lot of things before. And that's why I actually took like a long, you know, after the holidays, I took another week off after, which did not feel natural for me. It just didn't, you know, people were back at work. People were back emailing. I had a bunch of emails to answer. I was like, I need this week. That was like my week to not even do my creative projects. It was my week to really chill, really Mm -hmm. nothing. And it was difficult. It was so hard for me, Bianca. I know you understand. Like, I was like, I got to get the podcast going. I have so many things I want to do. I have so many things to launch. Um, But I'm glad that I took it slow, even though, you know, I felt like I was playing catch up. Like, you know, we all came into the year hot. Like, oh, my God. So (laughs) I felt like I was playing catch up. Like, I got thrown into 2023. But I still even tried to implement. And I think I'm going to hold it to myself to continue to implement more breaks, more moments of solitude because I definitely feel like my most creative self. I feel like my Beyonce Renaissance spirit in my soul right now. Like I'm like, okay, I got to keep this feeling. I got to hold on to this feeling. So we'll be open and we'll be consistent. Yes, I love that. I love that. Let's go. (laughs) And accountable. Yes. I. So I know you're going to do great things. I'm so excited to um, see all the different projects that you do this year. Cultural Lovers will definitely have to link that so people can check it out. But before we go, is there one particular thing that you want to accomplish this year that is for you not just a creative project, but something that's just kind of like a you uh, mission or goal of yours? Oh, such a good question. Whether that's giving yourself more grace. I know we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, being open and in abundance, but is there anything that, that, yeah, that you want to. This is really good. Let me think on this for a second, because I, I think the struggle for me is that everything has to have, and you talked about this earlier, right? Like, everything for me is so community oriented. Right. And it's hard for me to see any goal that doesn't connect back. Right. Unless it's a professional goal. And so how do I look at what I might want for me outside of my profession and outside of my community? Well, I I almost feel like the your personal goals and your community goals go so much together. Yeah. Like me, if I had to say one thing that I'd love to see is like because you're such a like a curator, cultural curator, um, and you like to bring people together. Like I'd love to see you kind of, you know, host more things that are like a Bianca production. Oh yes. You yes. know, like something that's like something that you put together. Oops, you, I got really excited. I'm knocking over my <laughs> mic, but <laughs> something that you put together that we can like pull up on. And it's like your community showing out. Cause I think that's the value of having this community that you've cultivated in so many ways. And so if you did put out some sort of like event or get together or anything for communities to come together, you know, I'd be the first person. To I love it. that. I love that you just did that too, because you just created a shift in my mind uh, that I wasn't having. And I, I absolutely want to 
I want to host, I want to speak, I want to tell stories. And so I wasn't necessarily looking at that and dividing it properly. Like to me, that was falling either in the cultura lovers community side, or it was falling in the professional side. And what you did was just kind of like make space for it for me. We and I to. love that you just did that because my brain was just like, doo, doo, doo. and I just, I just yes. like centered <laughs> it mentally. I just pushed profession this yeah. way and community this way. And I and centered project it. This yes. way. Center you. Absolutely. That's what we're doing this year. We're centering ourselves and like you, you as the brand, you as the person, there's so many things that are possible. And again, I just can't wait to see. So thank you I so love much. This tip. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of I course. need us to do this on a weekly basis. We sure need to. <laughs> we definitely, and I think that might be the start of it. <laughs> thank you again, Bianca. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to Main Character Energy. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at Tiff or Die and Main Character Energy Pod to access exclusive content and get a behind the scenes look as well as resources to help you become that bitch. See you next week.